Heroes of Recording. Hello and welcome to Heroes of Handheld episode. Chris, good question. So, do we call it <laughs> two seven one ep- or two seven two? Uh, what was the last episode that went live to the people? The last episode that went live to the people was two seven zero point five. So two seven one then, because okay. we did we did do a two seven one, but it never made it to air. So it's like the lost, lost tapes of Heroes, of Hand- the lost episodes of Heroes of Handheld. Oh, such fun! So for anyone who doesn't know about the technical mishaps of us, we haven't spoken to people. So what's it now? It's the thirteenth of November. So it must be October before Halloween. Was it we last chatted to yeah, our friends? Yeah, because we weren't on last week because I was I was at theatre. And then, yeah. so we we've started basically. We record this podcast using Skype, and when you record a conversation on Skype, for some reason, even if it's only audio, it saves it as a video. Then Colin's Mac went down, and he was like, "Oh, Chris, can you upload it?" But I don't have any software that can turn. Uh, actually, it's something I need to talk to you about off air. But basically, I couldn't get the episode uploaded because um, I don't have any of the correct conversion stuff. And then last week I was away, which I was always meant to be away anyway, but your MacBook was still in the emergency room. Beep, yes. beep, beep. And then luckily they brought it back do, to life. I think that's the casualty theme song. Or Hobie City. One of those two, anyway. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think it is. Dun, You're right. Dun. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a bit of a disaster, really, because we last week's episode we were trying to fix the audio issues, and in doing so, my Mac completely crashed. So I had to reset everything, and I lost everything. So that's yeah. great. But actually, though it's made me realise, like, you should always back up your work, always back up stuff, because you never know when things are just going to go tits up. But I will say, it is nice having a nice, fresh Mac with nothing on it. Mm. So it's is quite, it quicker? nice about that. Oh, God, yeah, completely. Yeah. It's up I'm now Mac OS Catalina and it's lovely. I, I very much like it. Would would very much recommend. Anyway, so I guess we should probably briefly cover things that we were going to talk about in the episode that never actually made it to air. And um I did allude to this. The fact that we've had some audio issues 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 over the past few um, episodes of Heroes of Hunter where um I believe I've been louder than Chris and people have been turning their speakers up to listen to Chris and then having to turn it down to listen to me because it's a bit like hi Chris how are you I'm gonna call him so it's like like a giant is talking to a mouse or the giant is talking to Jack in Jack and the Beanstalk so yeah we had to sort that we thought we we think we had sorted it sorted it hopefully we'll find out with this episode uh, and then we couldn't even upload it so that was great so hopefully so oh good and it was a listener called Daryl um, who let us know about that. We very much appreciate you letting us know about that because, you know, loads of people wouldn't even bother. Loads of people would just, like, delete us from their subscriptions, put us in their recycle bin, and say, well, that was a terrible thing. But you actually took the time to message us, and we love you the most, Daryl. You are this week's Listener of the Week. We should make that a thing, Listener of the Week. Yeah, that's a pretty good title, especially to be to be the inaugural. Uh, if you want to win Listener of the Week, the next week, uh, there is no prize or money associated. 
email us heroes of handheld at gmail.com um with something fun or nice or interesting or just you know just in general um what what else were we we were going to talk about last week um or the week before i was going to review very briefly review a game called sea salt um which is on switch which is like Pikmin Cross Hotline Miami with a kind of Call of Cthulhu vibe. It's very good. It's an indie title. I'd really recommend it. Um, there's trailers and stuff out there now. I did tweet about this as well. But uh, yeah, it's worth checking out for sure. If you're interested, it's like a um, top-down 2D uh, control critters and take down um, enemies whilst uh, trying not to be swarmed over by um, you know bad guys with guns and stuff um and you're kind of a bad guy because you play as a god of the sea that's enough i'll say about that but sea salt is very good on nintendo switch and i would check it out um what else did we have from last week colin very briefly spyro oh yeah i finished spyro um well i 100 percented the uh third part of the reignited trilogy and i i enjoyed it but it made me realize how the ending of the third game year of the dragon was a bit disappointing because like you you do the whole game and you defeat the empress um it's not the empress sorry the sorceress and then you have to get all the eggs all the gems to unlock the, the secret bonus level you get in there and it's just a bit lazy really because you have to fight the sorceress again after collecting more gems and she's just a bit the fight's just a bit naff really she's on a little spaceship for some reason and you have to shoot her spaceship down and it's really easy and once that's done it's all over and like the, the cutscene after that isn't like yeah you finally defeated the sorceress everything's great we're all this is the last good game in the Spyro series ever the next one's going to be enter the dragonfly and it's going to be terrible Woo! it's not like that it's literally like a really like a supposed comedic cutscene where like an egg hatches and it's it's a fat dragon and it's just like oh okay is that is that how the game's ending then so that was a bit disappointing but in terms of the remaster it was a very good remaster and i very much enjoyed it it looked great it was now gorgeous. you've played all three uh which is your how would you rank them um i think it would be oh probably two three one as in my favorite. I'm always going to have a soft spot for the second one because that's the first one I played and I used to play that all the time. Um, I love the whole orbs and talisman thing. The first one I never actually played when I was younger. So the first time I properly played it was uh, um, in the Reignited trilogy. And you, it was a lot different to the other two. You can see they definitely changed it up for the second and third ones in the way like the game. I mean, most of it was similar, but in the way the levels were laid out where there was an end, a start and an end point, but it was more like a circular, like a, a basically like an area you explored. It wasn't like as linear as the second and third one was. In the second and third one, there's a start point, an end point, and that was it. But with the first game, it wasn't so linear. Like you'd have to explore a whole area, and then like you could easily get to the end of a level in about two seconds. But if you did that, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't actually get the full feature of the level. So you had to properly explore. So it's a very different mindset, I think, from the. Um, from the second the third but the second one was always my favorite the third one was great because of all the extras they added in it was a bit overloaded with stuff obviously they had the new characters they had sergeant bird um sheila the kangaroo um the yeti i can't remember the name of the yeti but the yeti and what was the other thing you could play as oh it was the agent nine the monkey with the laser gun as well um so they, they tried to change it up but it just felt there was a bit overstuffed with stuff really uh, maybe they knew it was the final one and they wanted to go out with a bang. But it was a good remaster. And if you love Spyro or you just love platformers and games like that, then you could do a lot worse. 
and picking up those games. Nice. I really enjoy them. Mm. So mm. Really speaking of uh, games and impressions, um, there's a lot to talk about this week because we've been playing a lot of stuff since uh, two weeks have gone by. Um, and Colin, I see on here, on our little docket, that you've been tucking into Ori and the Blind Forest. Oh, Chris, I've been getting deep into the world of Ori. Um, now, this is a game I've been aware of for a very long time. I remember when it first came out on, uh, I think it was Xbox it first came to, because it's developed by Microsoft Studios. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago, it must be more than a couple of years ago now, during the E3 conference, they revealed this game called Ori and the Blind Forest. And people were really interested because it was quite rare for you know Microsoft to delve into the indie titles. Um, and I always remember thinking, God, that looks really interesting. I'd love to play it, but I never got around to doing it. It very recently released on Switch, the definitive edition, with all the add-ons and all the bolt-ons and stuff, um, and there was a demo for it, and I downloaded this demo a couple of months ago, and I only got around to playing it um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's, it's a great, great game. It's very reminiscent and made me think of those Rayman games. You remember Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends? Um, yeah. by UB Art um, in terms of the art style like gorgeous like backgrounds and just very beautifully designed um, the story really makes absolutely no sense and I have no idea what's going on I, I think I'm some sort of like light spirit called Ori and I've got this big yeti friend who dies because he doesn't have any berries and the whole forest is dying and you've got to save the forest by revitalizing these trees but forgetting the weird story, it's a really, really clever uh, platformer. Um, and you can, the more you play, the more thing, collectibles you get. And the more collectibles you get, the more you can upgrade your abilities. Like you can attack creatures, you can wall bounce. So the more you play, the more abilities you get. And it's just a really fun puzzle game. It's really challenging as well, um, just like those Rayman games were. Um, and I played, I think the demo gave you about pretty about half an hour to 45 minutes of content before it says you've got to pay. And I'm going to, I haven't done it yet, but I am very tempted to pay for the full game, which is very rare for me. Um, it's £15 at the moment, the definitive edition. But the music's great. It looks amazing. It's a bit weird. As you're going through the level, you'll get weird statements appear on screen. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, the forest used to be alive with love. But now it has diminished like raindrops. It, it, you know, weird, like poetic stuff appears on screen as you're going through the level. And it's a bit strange, but it looks gorgeous and it's really fun and very addictive as well. Very challenging as well. And what's a cool thing is like um, if you when you collect a certain amount of these um, orbs, you unlock the ability to be able to save your progress. So the more you collect, the more likely you are to be able to save your game. So you can sort of choose where your save points are. But if you forget to do that, you could end up going back a long way if you die. And you will die a lot in this game. You die a hell of a lot. Um, because you're a spirit orb thing, like, dying doesn't really do much. So you sort of die and then you try again and again and again and again and again until you finally do it. So, yeah. And but it's got you, really much joy. enjoying it. Did you play it on Xbox? No, I never played it on Xbox. 
the right, first time okay. I played is on Switch. Um, I, it, it seems to pl- fit really well in the handheld mode on Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm sure it looks stunning on a big screen uh, when it's docked and on you know Xbox as well. But it looks great on the handheld mode, and it's the sort of game that seems to really benefit from being handheld because it's the sort of game you can pick up and play. You know, you can play a little bit, save your progress, lock it, and then come back later. So yes. Very much enjoying that and looking forward to delving further into the world of Ori and the Blind Forest. But it's misleading. In the poster, I remember always seeing the, not the poster, but the cover art for it. And there was always like this big Yeti creature. I always thought that was Ori. But it turns out that's not Ori. Ori is the little cat spirit thing that he's holding in the video. Mm. So, but yeah, it's, it's in the picture. But it's very good. I'm very much enjoying it. And I look forward to playing more of it and seeing if I can actually understand what the hell the stories, what they're going on about, really, because it's a bit of a mind fuck, to be honest. Is that to see if you could understand the story in the blind forest? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why it's blind forest. They don't actually mention the blind forest. Maybe that's the fact that the forest is supposedly dead. Maybe that's what it is. Anyone who's played the game, please let me know what that's about. Um, and there's actually quite a few things. Here. I want to quickly bash out another one just so we can move on to more important stuff. Uh, COD, I played a little bit of the new Call of Duty. This isn't handheld related, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. That's Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare. Um, played a bit of the online multiplayer, and it's very fun. Um, a lot of issues with campers, a lot of issues with um, spawns, like where you can easily like camp in a spawn and just kill person after person, which is a bit frustrating. Um, some shotguns are very overpowered. Claymores are bloody annoying, but it looks great. And I have to say, one of my favorite game modes is the huge ground war. Um, they've tried to go um, take a leaf out of the battlefield book here by having huge games. I think it's... 32 on 32 or 64 on oh 60 I think it's 32 so they're huge huge maps and huge 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 amounts of players which is very rare for Call of Duty you know it's normally all about the you know close quarter combat and like the six on six or whatever but they are actually a lot of fun um, I've never really been into the whole battlefield thing because I don't like having to run around for ages and not being able to see, see anyone but it's just absolute carnage like and these maps have huge skyscrapers where you can get to the top of and snipe off and there's helicopters there's quad bikes it's actually a lot of fun. They've done it very well. I'm very, I very much enjoy it. I've not had a chance to play the Spec Ops or the campaign yet, but the uh, online is very, very fun in my opinion, and I think it's just great. And this might be because I didn't play Black Ops for, uh, Four last year. The last COD game I had was World War Two, and I think it's good to miss it every other year to play a bit like what I do with FIFA, because otherwise you get a bit oversaturated with um, Call of Duty. But it's it's fun, and I like the different feels and different. That it feels very different in each game mode. Like you can play Search and Destroy, that's fine in a small map. You can go to Ground War, and it just feels like a good, like changing it up. And I mean, most of the maps are pretty nondescript, to be honest. There's nothing particularly special about them, but yeah, it is still fun. It's still good times. Nice. Mm. Glad to hear it. Um, mm. I was wondering, with Call of Duty, have you played any of the single player? No, I've not played the campaign yet, but I did watch the opening cutscene for the campaign, and it looks gorgeous. It could have been a film, honestly. The amount, the the quality in the uh, the graphics was incredible. But I do want to play the campaign because I love me some Captain Price. And from the reviews I have seen, apparently he's a bit of a badass in this. He's like oh, a really? cold-hearted badass. Like he gets results, but not in the most uh, potentially politically correct ways. 
So Ooh, well, it is a, we'll a, a quite a murky game, isn't it? Yeah, cool. yeah. I'm glad it's good. Mm. What have you been um, doing? What, what, what do you want to talk about? So the main thing I've been playing a lot of, and we don't always delve into mobile games on 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 here, but when when we do, it's good to talk about them. Uh, I've been playing a lot of. It's just loading at the moment on my. I wanted to play on my iPad whilst I'm talking to you about it. It's a game called Dungeon Drop. Now I saw this because I went on the um, Apple Store and they, you know how they like suggest you things. Uh, they'll have like a game that's like this is this week's you know big title or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't heard of this. I hadn't seen any any socials about it. It was literally just based on their recommendation. You can hear first of all straight away. Hear it. Yeah, it, it's like very eight bitty. Uh, it's very kind of um, I don't know. It's got a very charming aesthetic, and basically, it's a game where you play as a, a figure of some sort, and you have to slide your way through a never-ending dungeon. So it's an infinite kind of dungeon crawler um, where gravity is constantly pulling you towards the bottom of the screen. And you have to move uh, columns and rows to line up so that you can get various weapons, shields, etc. Uh, to defeat things that are coming up later on. And there's a constant gamble in the game of how far down into the screen do I let my character sink? Because if you spend all your time at the bottom, you won't know what's coming uh, up in terms of you know challenges and enemies and things. So you can very easily miss things that you need. Um, but if you spend all your time at the top, because it's like a big grinding um, spike thing coming down from the top, you can just really easily uh, get squashed. It's very addictive, and it's one one of those puzzle games that I love because you can play it with one hand, and just by flicking, you know, um, your character, uh, well, you flick the, the kind of layers around a bit. Um, it's really good, and it reminds me as well of like. I was trying to think of the best way to, if you can't picture it in your Te- head, it's Tetris or Doodle Jump. But yeah, Tetris, Doodle Jump. kind of Tetris is that you're, you're going, you're going through um, gaps. It's like the, every, every row has a gap in it and you slide them from left to right so you can fall down and drop and uh, drop into a dungeon. Um, so it's free. There is premium um, in-game purchases on skins and you know modes and stuff like that. Um, I haven't put any money into it so far, but I probably will because it is a very good game and you know it's good fun and it's nice to support those titles. Um, so that's been the main mobile thing I've been playing. The only other game I've dabbled with is I finally finished the main um, single player on Untitled goose game it's not that long it's just that i took a massive break uh, in between playing the first two puzzles and the final three so it's so cool and it's so quaint and it's so uh british and funny and charming and surreal and man it's, it's such a good game so a lot of people you know there's been a lot of talk about untitled goose game and it seems to have really kind of struck a a core with people but i can really recommend it if you can spare the dosh because it's silly it's funny and it's a great game if you've got people coming over and you kind of you you want you want them to you want to show them something and you you want them to play like a type of game they might not have played before um it's really good and it's really silly and it's yeah it's a great it's a great little title so that's been the, the main two things i've been playing really um with untitled goose game is there an actual um 
you know, an ending boss or a big ending to the game, or does it just sort of peter out? Uh, no, there is there is an ending, um, and uh, I'm not going to spoil it too much. But what I will say is, it involves revisiting places you've been to before um, in a way where you go through environments that you become very familiar with and you then have to think about how you interact with those environments in a completely different way um it reminds me a bit of uh there's a game called uh, brothers that was out on ps3 era and a big part of brothers was um you the character you played couldn't swim and the character your brother helped you swim and towards the end of the game there's a big point where you hit a load of water and your brother's uh, not around and you have to swim by yourself. And it's like a big learning moment because you're doing this thing that you've been doing the whole game, but you have to think really differently. But I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord with me. So yeah, the ending of Goose Game is really good. It's very satisfying. It's very sweet to you know, like to, to see this. They've made this world feel very alive, and very lived in, despite the fact there's like 10 characters and, you know, four environments or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a real masterclass. With no facial expressions. So that's quite yes. a good uh, thing. Yeah. That's nice. good. Let's do um we need we need a way of summer of summing uh, up because every week on this show, here at Fanheld, uh, the Insects Premium Handheld Gaming Podcast, we always talk about Pokemon Go and we always talk about Wizards Unite. Um, yeah, man. What what can we Woo. brand this this section, this section Neantic Nook or something like that? The Neantic nightmare. No, Neantic Neanderthal. It's got to be. It's got to be alliteration or a play on words of Neantic, the, hasn't it? Yeah, something about augmented reality, the AR. Uh, if anyone can think of a good name for this segment about Niantic games, then email us heroes of handheld at gmail.com or tweet us at handheld podcast. And if you do, if we like your suggestion, you'll become listener of the week. Just like that. Which is what you want. Just like that. <laughs> so, Colin, tell me in in the Neantic Neanderthal, uh, what's going on with Harry Potter Wizards Unite, please? Now, Wizards Unite is a great game. I love it very much, but unfortunately, I go through phases of sort of fizzing out a little bit with it. What normally draws me back in is the um, brilliant events that they have. Um, and and they have the record, regularly. you're that in game they're called brilliant events you're you're not saying the events are brilliant they're called well they brilliant are not brilliant events. but they're also called brilliant events yes yeah, obviously a play on the fact that you know harry potter is british all the characters are british and they say brilliant a lot because that's like a stereotypical thing british people say it's just brilliant so brilliant so this is november's one it seems to be becoming a monthly thing you remember back in october we had the um the sort of dark wizards one where we had like more um azkaban escapees and creatures creature from you know the harry from grimmel place so it was more like a scary dark wizards dark arts themed um brilliant event last month but this month they've gone for the um good wizards and nice people. So it's called Stronger United. So last year, last month, as it were, it was the villains. And this month, it's the heroes of the wizarding world. So for next couple of weeks, it's going to be in two parts, I believe. Yep, two parts for this one, as it normally is. Uh, this first part started yesterday, and it ends next Tuesday. So it's running for seven days. And then part two starts straight away. Normally, there's about a week gap 
between the two parts but this one's starting instantly so part one two which does make you think is there going to be some big event for christmas in wizards unite this year because um the fact that it's going from part one to part two straight away next Tuesday means it will end on the 26th of November, which gives enough time for December the 1st, where I think there'll be some sort of Christmassy wizarding event that will happen. Anyway, so as is normally the case with brilliant events, you'll see brilliant foundables appearing in the world. You can tell that they're brilliant ones because there are purple um, hazes on them. Um, so the ones that are in part one are all the members of Dumbledore's... Are, no, the Order of the Phoenix, sorry. God, I almost got my Harry Potter um, knowledge mixed up there. But it's the people from the Order of the Phoenix, the original ones. So you got Tonks, you got Mad-Eye Moody, uh, Lupin, Sirius Black, all those members are there are going to be appearing more regularly. And there's a new um, page in your registry, especially for it. There's going to be special um, runes that which you can use in the fortress battles where you can lock the special event um, foundables. And there's new brilliant port keys as well. So it's just the same, same as before for November, but it's just getting the heroes rather than the villains. And that's going on for two weeks. And as I said, these events are what brings me back into the game. When there's no events, I am sort of struggling to you know get myself playing the game which is a shame because it is it is good it's technically a really sound game but without those events it's sort of you sort of have a lack of interest in doing so but they are slowly and without warning releasing more and more new foundables into the world a few more they released last week were two from the hogwarts family um, registry page so we had angelina johnson appeared in the game and fred weasley's also in the game as well now and um there's one other as well another gryffindor but it's all cool it's cool having these new characters appear and new um pages to fill in in your registry it's quite fun seeing the animations around them as well so angelina johnson has two quaffles that are floating around which you have to get rid of and i think fred weasley's like stuck in some sort of quicksand or something so Quite funny, quite interesting. Um, so yeah, that's the events. That's what's going on in Wizards Unite. But I will say I have been playing more of Pokemon Go recently, and there's a reason for that, and I'm going to let Chris explain why that is. Yeah, it's been really fun on Pokemon Go the last uh, couple of... What's it been, about a week or so? Because yeah. we've seen the introduction of a new mechanic uh, based around Team Rocket fights. So for a long time, for quite a few months actually, you've been able to fight members of Team Rocket in the wild. Uh, they've been taking over Pokestops, and you fight them when you get the opportunity to, um, if you win, you might win a um, Shadow Pokemon, which can then be purified and is um, has some sort of perks and stuff, whatever. But they kind of, um, when they initially released uh, Team Rocket grunts, they just sort of popped up, and there was a kind of, there was a mini run of missions where you had to, you know, um, beat a load of grants and do a load of stuff but it wasn't like there wasn't a lot of kind of lore really around it and they didn't necessarily explain it all that well in universe i would say um there was just a little bit of you talking to the professor and them telling you what's going on but anyway there is now a whole new um kind of mode almost associated with team rocket grunts which is based around uh finding mysterious components so Beating six Team Rocket grunts, Colin, will net you a mysterious component. Um, sorry, beating one grunt might get you a mysterious component. If you get 
fix mysterious components, you can build a thing called a rocket radar. And this is really cool because when you put a when you turn a rocket radar on, um, the map overworld changes uh, into this kind of it looks like you're using a radar and certain poker stops seem to kind of ping and uh, are, will sort of tingle and will look like there's something interesting going on over there. And if you head to these um, different places, these then you have the chance to face a Team Rocket gym leader. Now, Colin, the gym leaders, Cliff, Sierra and Arlo, have you had any joy? How far into this mode have you got? Uh, well, this is the first I'd heard about that, so not very far, <laughs> clearly. I've only what? got two of those uh, mysterious doing? objects so far. I've only got two of those mysterious objects so far. I'm sorry, I don't live in a city where there's a poker stop every five seconds. Oh, you're so I've, late. I've only got two, and all the battles I've had recently have been ridiculous. Like, they've had Gyaradoses and things like that. I've not been able to beat them. Yeah, Team Rocket has got a lot tougher of late. Um, yes. So yeah. you, uh, if you beat a uh, Team Rocket gym leader, then you are met with the opportunity to catch rarer Shadow Pokemon, including Caesar, um, Cypher even, Sneasel, I think, and Meowth, which is a real shit one. But they, I, the, the, the Team Rocket gym leaders are very hard like and what is annoying is that the game will always suggest to you like oh send in six dragonites or send in six tyranitars but actually which are terrible really or do nothing to, yeah yeah you need to really think tactically about what the team rocket gym leader typing is and then what the best thing is to use against that type and it really forces you to think because team rocket fights kind of traditionally have tended to be quite simple a lot of the time like especially you have a type of advantage whereas now even if you have a type of advantage you can still be really close and i've beat two gym leaders uh and i got meowth both times never mind but both times i won it was like i was down to my last um you know last 10 percent of health on the last pokemon and it just happened that i had a special ready that could finish the game um but yeah so that's added a whole new thing and it's also added a bunch of research tasks which can i've not uh got all the way through them yet but which can eventually lead you to <coughs> um access a shadow legendary pokemon so pretty exciting stuff i had no idea about that that shows how little i know about so it what that's you, so what cool you've been doing what's brought you back into the game if it's not been that all those darn missions i've got to do all the special research tasks i've currently got looming in the shadows a yep, spooky a message and a thousand year slumber on the go a thousand year slumber oh mate Mate. Mate, honestly, catching 50 psychic and steel type Pokemon has been a pain in the ass. There's just none. Yeah. It's a, long, uh, it's a long slog. And what I will say for catching steel Pokemon is if you have access to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee and you can get a Meltan box, it makes your job a lot easier. Um, speaking of Pokemon, right, Colin. So. Yes. Um, there's been some interesting developments about pokemon sword and shield which come out on friday uh the review embargo was up today um at nine o'clock american time um and there's been a lot of discussion of late because over the weekend uh thank you game freak was trending with every with lots of people um saying oh thank you game freak for putting you know so much time and effort in uh it's really great we love you we love pokemon and then last night on Twitter, a new hashtag started trending, which was Game Freak Lied. And basically, this has been this a large community of the Pokemon um, 
sort of fan base, or I don't, not necessarily a large, but a vocal community of the Pokemon fan base who are upset because the new Pokemon games, which come out on Friday, only have, uh, well, not only, but have four, allegedly 400 or so Pokemon in them, which is quite a cut compared to the last one. And there's no way of bringing old Pokemon, some old Pokemon that you love, into this new one. And the big reason that, uh, that um, Game Freak have said this is because, well, it's, uh, we wanted to focus on like quality animations and making sure that the Pokemon that are in the game get the treatment they deserve and all this kind of stuff. However, what has then proceeded to happen is uh, different leakers have kind of revealed that actually it looks like uh, the Pokemon, the new Pokemon games, use a lot of similar animations from Sword and Shield, um, which kind of suggests, well, why have you cut... 64% of the Pokedex, um, according to egamingdesk.com, um, to... Uh, so why have you cut this amount of Pokemon if you're not going to put more effort into the game? Uh, so yeah, there's some interesting um, like conversations happening around this Pokemon game, and it really seems like... I mean, it's obviously going to sell by the bucket load. I'm going to play it because I'm curious and because... Uh, I like the fact that it's set in a version of the UK, but it's going to be really interesting to see how the kind of fallout from from a, a portion of the fan base, and not you know, obviously Pokemon's a massive franchise, and this is a vocal community that is a subsection, but it's nowhere near a majority um, because ev- like everyone loves Pokemon, and not everyone knows about this you know uh, Dexit stuff, which is what they're calling the uh, Brexit <laughs> Pokedex thing. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what this means for the next Pokemon game. Uh, does this mean Pokemon change their, you know, system? Are they going to start slowing down the amount of Pokemon games that come out to stop rushing things so much? It's going to be very interesting to see what the what the developments are for this. Um, lots of moves being cut. Supposedly, there's only ten routes in the game as well. Uh, although there is a wild area which acts more like Breath of the Wild type vibe. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what the reaction is amongst the wider public for this one. Because some people are real salty. Well, it says here, I'm looking at reviews of it, and it's really weird. You go from people hating it to loving it in the reviews. It's, uh, I mean, I'm seeing this, this from the IGM review. Streamlining Pokemon's most tedious traditions about losing any of the charm. So maybe it's they've got rid of a lot of the guff. Which, in a way, yeah. back when I... When I played Pokemon X, which is the only Pokemon game I have played, that was something I was not a fan of, how you were doing the same thing over and over again. It's a bit of a slog. So if they've made it, they've streamlined it, maybe this is the Pokemon game for me. I'm not a traditional yeah. Pokemon game player because I haven't played the old ones and I'm not into all the nitty-gritty, slow building up your uh, infantry or whatever. But maybe this is the time for me to join. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good one for you to get on board with, especially with the. I mean, obviously, I've not played it, but especially with the fact that it's based on the UK as well, or yeah. you know, that's a that's going to be a big port, and there'll be tropes and, and gags and things that we recognise that you know might might go over other people's heads. So that could be a fun thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious to see what the game's like. I'm, I'm I've pre-ordered it, so hopefully it'll be here on Friday or Saturday, um, and then yeah, I guess we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. I'm seeing a lot of comments about the the battle with the big Pokemon, Diner, whatever it's called, or something like that. The it's, it gets pretty old pretty fast, apparently. That's what I'm seeing. Well, here. yeah, we'll see. See what the vibes like. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, interesting. Keep, yes, I'll, I'll be interested. 
because the only review and opinion I care about is yours. Ah, oh, Colin. Uh, one last <laughs> bit of news, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, Shovel Knight, Yacht Club Games, the my one of my favorite video game developers in the world has said that Shovel Knight Showdown and King of Cards will be arriving on December the 10th. There is a long blog post. We'll put a link on heresofhandheld.wordpress.com so you can read about it. And this is like Shovel Knight is just, you know, they 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 made their game on crowdfunding. People loved it kind of more so than they're expecting, and they've stuck to their guns about giving out so much content, so much high quality, excellent content. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this and to uh, hopefully playing it as well. So you can pre-order Treasure Trove, um, which is the kind of version that has everything, I think, if I've got that right. And King Cards and Showdown come basically December the 10th is Shovel Knight Day. I swear every week there's some sort of Shovel Knight news. Yeah, but that's because it's bloody great. Yeah. Is that the one where you die a lot and you keep coming back as a different knight? Well, I think they have a different game. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Dark Souls. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, easy but, mistake to make, yeah. Yeah, great game and can't wait to play these final modes. Um, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. God, look at us playing the Vigi games. I know. We should, we should start a podcast about it. Oh, yeah, good thinking. And we can call it Heroes Handheld. And we can oh make God. it so you can listen to all the episodes on, like, I don't know, heroesfanheld.wordpress.com. And then Boom. we can have a Twitter. Oh, the Twitter could be at Handheld Podcast. Jesus Christ, you're a genius. We need because to at Heroes of Handheld is too long. We need to paint in that ship. Good thinking. Um, did you have any other news, Colin? What do you think of the new Sonic? Oh, so I've not watched the trailer. I've just seen a freeze frame. He does look cute. It, it does look. Surely. Is this just not a publicity stunt? Because the Sonic they've designed now is the Sonic it should have always been. That weird human rap thing they created originally was just so bad. So bad. Do you think maybe they deliberately did it bad, expected the backlash, and by having the backlash, it's given the film more publicity and more like people talking no. about it. Everyone's talking about it on the internet. Would they, would they be that clever? It does seem a bit weird, though, how they call it, they misjudged it so badly. And what's interesting is it seems like universal hate for the original Sonic design and universal love for this new Sonic design. And I agree. The new Sonic... If you don't know what we're talking about, there's a live... Act, well, I say live action. Live action with an animated Sonic. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog film coming out early next year. Originally, it was coming out at the end of this year, I believe. But because the original trailer came out last year and there was a lot of backlash about the design of Sonic, how he looked like a, a rat and a human had made love and created it. It looked nothing like the Sonic from the games. So the director came out and said, we're listening to fan feedback. We're going to redesign Sonic. It's going to be delayed. and We're going to go back and make sure we get it right. They released a new trailer. Yesterday this came out and they've got it so right now when they had got it so wrong originally. The Sonic they've designed now looks like Sonic. The trailer looks... I mean, the film looks terrible. Let's be honest. The film is going to be rubbish. But Sonic looks a lot better now. That's the main thing. And you, you torture, Chris. I'd be interested to see your thoughts on it because you've got jim carrey like camping it up as dr robotnik as well which is great yeah i am looking forward to uh i will watch her at some point um i've just been putting up putting off doing it but i yeah it, it's kind of interesting that they decided to re to, to rebrand and redo but you know fair play to them because it does look like 
just in the screen grabs I've seen, it does look such a purer version. Yeah. Like the original one, you would not know it was supposed to be Sonic. You'd think it was like a, I don't know, a fake imitation. But the new one now actually looks like Sonic the Hedgehog in 3D. And doesn't it come out Valentine's Day? Yeah, 14th of February. So one Gotta to take the, uh, yeah, one to take the, uh, your loved one too. Smoochie smoochie with a bit of Sonic in the background. Yeah. Have a couple of corn dogs or whatever Sonic eats. Yeah, it's mostly corn dogs, doesn't it? Which is weird. Corn dogs are okay. Strange, yeah. I think he ate no, he ate a lot of beans as well and chili. Chili dogs. That was yeah. it. Chili dogs. Chili dogs, yeah. Good work. And well hamburgers. The, um, yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Sonic Underground? There was quite a few Sonic um TV shows, wasn't there? There was one I watched. It had a really cool opening theme song. Um is it Sonic Underground? I think Sonic Underground. Oh, Sonic no. Underground. They made a vow, their mother will be vowed. There's one where it was like the theme song. Oh, here we are. It was called Sonic. uh, I was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. And they had like a really cool theme song. And Dr. Robotnik was this evil. It looked a bit like Kingpin from from Daredevil. He was proper. And he had like a robot chicken as well. It was very weird. And he had like this weird henchman had a big nose. So weird. Mm. Yeah, honestly, the theme song for that one was great. But then there was an animation animated one before that, which was like a really, really kiddie one. But this other one I watched, and I think Underground as well, is potentially for like teenagers or something. Um, but yeah, there's been loads of different iterations of Sonic. So, but the one with the cool theme song is great. I'm gonna, you know, what, I'm gonna send you the link to that theme song because I know you want to hear it. It's so darn good. It's like okay, blues, but on, only if Sonic. Only if you look up. Uh... You need to look up Sonic Underground because it was about him and his, I think they were brother and sister or they might have been cousins. Uh, well, no, they must have been brother and sister because they famously they made a vow that their mother would be found. And they're all looking for the mum and they all play instruments and Sonic plays a guitar um, or maybe it's a guitar. And then uh, Crash plays the drums and... Mate, Crash Spock. plays the drums, of course. It He's itself. the green one. And then there's a yeah. pink one, and I think she played the keyboard. Uh, what's her name? Okay. Might be Rose or Amy or something. Um, yeah, there was a Rose. I, there was a Sonic X, wasn't there? There was like an anime series which I did yeah. watch a bit of. That had both of those in. That was quite good. That one. That anyway, one. that's enough Sonic rambling. I think. I uh, think so. Colin, it's been a pleasure. It has been really great, and thank you everyone for bearing with us. And hopefully, the audio is better. We'll soon find out when I export the, aud- export the audio. And hopefully you actually hear this episode because you didn't hear the last one, so that'll be good. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, our website, heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com, heroesofhandheld at gmail.com to email us. Heroes of hand- no, sorry, handheld podcast at handheld podcast on Twitter if you want to tweet us. Or just Google Heroes of Handheld. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever good podcasts are catched or caught, we are there. And we appreciate you listening to us, but we love you the most. And you know who I'm talking about. It's you. No one else. It's just you. You are our favourite. You're just my favourite, Colin. You. Oh, thank you. Romantic. You need to listen to the Sonic theme song I've just uh, put in the chat. I will do. I'm going to do it when we're not recording a podcast, though, because I'm a professional. <laughs> I want you to bop <laughs> along to it. Anyway, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back uh, next week, same time, same place. I'm sure. Uh, have a great week. 
Uh, we're getting ever nearer to Black Friday, aren't we? Is that that's in two weeks? <sighs> yeah. So Not Black Friday deals. Yeah, man. Looking forward to that. Talking about all those deals. Uh, but we will see you soon. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>